0: What a night. Monday the 6th of July. This is what's up the sports podcast. I'm Randy Cure and as always my thanks to the Abati project with his tune Oh what a night. Have you ever thought about being a professional athlete? I think millions of us have at some point. I mean playing a sport you love, getting paid so much money and the amount of fame that comes with it. You may have been a child or a teen or even as a young adult But did you think of the sacrifices that come with it? The amount of training, the lack of privacy, and the possibility of not being a superstar, having to call a different city or country home on a regular basis, and where making seven, eight figures, let alone six or even five, would never, ever happen. Leagues like the NFL, NBA, English Premier League, and so on are economic marvels, and we see new leagues in any sport sprout up, with players hoping to find a long stay under the bright lights of the pros. Specific to baseball, there isn't a lot of lucrative options in North America other than the major leagues. Sure, there's countries like Japan, South Korea, Puerto Rico, and the Dominican, but not so much in the US or Canada. That doesn't mean there haven't been attempts... Do you remember the Canadian Baseball League? Founded in 2003, folded in 2003, in fact ended halfway through its first year? Leagues such as the CBL gives players in any sport a new chance, but what is the journey like especially if things don't go according to plan? Today's episode is a discussion with a former baseball player who spent close to two decades in the system in this country, including his experience in the CBL. He also shares the struggles of being a pro ball player in Canada and was very open in discussing the issue of performance-enhancing drugs. Thank you, as always, for the download. At What's Up Podcast is where you can find me on Facebook and Twitter. This is What's Up The Sports Podcast. So question for you sports fans, what drew you to being a fan? Did you link a childhood t-shirt of a hockey team as the reason why you're such a diehard to this day? Did mom, dad, or both take the family to the ball yard when you were a young one and because of that plan to do so if you haven't done so already with your kids? As you know, the business of sports is a multi-billion dollar industry, and as people have a hankering for cheering for their favorite club, those who are able to make a living as a professional athlete is, of course, a select few. So, of all places, I came to meet a former minor pro baseball player at the Toronto Raptors game, of all places. His name is Luke Baker, and he spent the better part of 20 years within the baseball system in Canada Luke, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure, Randy. With regards to Luke, uh, we're going to go cover a slew of topics, uh, your uh, personal experiences throughout the game of baseball. And so I'm really admired people who uh, pursue a dream. You know, I went through it going through journalism. We may have talked about it uh, uh, during that Raptor game, that uh, journalism – First uh, job that uh, I experienced, the first couple of jobs I experienced was uh, not very uh, financially rewarding. And uh, really, there was a lot of sacrifices to be made. Uh, in terms of uh, pursuing a career in journalism. And I could imagine that you did go through the same thing uh, throughout your baseball career. Uh, before we get into uh, that, I really wanted to learn of how you got introduced uh, to the game of baseball and essentially who did you follow when you were growing up.
1: Awesome. Yeah, man. Uh so I guess uh, my my dad and my brother introduced me to the game. I started when I was four uh, years old playing t ball. Um, I I loved the game. It was uh, I guess because my brother was five years older than myself, he was much better than I was, obviously <laughs> uh, based on age and and size and all that and his ability. So I, uh, I I followed my big bro and uh, wanted to be like him. So um, we got into baseball young and. Um, back in the day, obviously there was no internet and whatnot, so we used to uh, collect sticker books and we'd fill them all up. And um, in our backyard or our side yard, I guess we would play one-on-one baseball with a uh, tiny golf wiffle ball. Tape it up with some masking tape. Cut off my mom's broomstick <laughs> uh, and pick out the, the team we were going to be, and uh, and then try to you know mimic the ball players that uh, we loved to to watch. So um, I grew up following. The Toronto Blue Jays, because they were so close geographically, um, I also followed the Expos because, I mean, I, the two Canadian teams, uh, you know, we <laughs> Canadian pride, I guess, um, it was just uh, the two major teams I've followed on top of that, I would have followed uh, the Chicago Cubs uh, of all teams, uh, I was I grew up and played in Cambridge so we were the Cambridge Cubs and uh, because we had that tie that was uh, something that I associated and with and followed so I was a big fan of those three teams uh, when I grew up and yeah just uh, I guess my my brother and my dad introduced me to the game and I've had a love and a passion for it ever since.
0: What was the goal so you uh, started playing T uh, t-ball you got into uh, house league and I'm assuming rep and so on and uh, what was what was the goal uh, beyond the major leagues like what kind of uh, capacity did you want to be involved with regarding the game of baseball?
1: Yeah, Great question. I um, So for me, it was uh, something that I always loved. I always had a great passion towards it. Uh, I, I really dug the game. I think I, I was a hard worker. I was um, the type of player that wore his heart on his sleeve and would do whatever the coach had asked me to do uh, for them and of them. So um, it was it was definitely something that I loved to do. Um when it came to like high school in that area, that area and that uh, that level, I, I loved the game and I always wanted to play and I was I was a decent ball player. Um, I wasn't the greatest hitter. I was good defensively. I had an okay arm, <clears throat> but uh, I guess for myself, uh, my level of confidence never allowed me to realistically see myself in the major leagues as much as I did love it. I wanted to be there. I think like every other kid, we dream of it. We, you know, I, I would play and practice, uh, you know, like I was going and that, but deep down inside, I don't think I had a, a, a confidence that was built inside of me at that time anyways. Uh, and it was something that took a long time for me to kind of start to de- really develop. Uh, I consider myself a bit of a late bloomer. um, so uh, in high school years and that, uh, I just played for the love of it. I, I played for the acceptance. I played for, you know, uh, my coaches and, and the teammates that I had. And um, I would do anything, you know, through pain and, and whatever else I would uh, give it my heart and soul. Um, so that's kind of where I was in the, the middle of my life, or, or I guess in the, the early parts of my life with ball.
0: So uh, now uh, with that said, now you played Division two ball in Illinois, is that correct? Yeah. And, and uh, so you like now you said that uh, you uh, had an idea that you were probably not going to uh, be in the majors. Uh, now, did you think of this uh, during your college days or like, what was your mindset at that time? Because, you know, you're playing uh, uh, b- uh, baseball for in a collegiate capacity. You might mm. you must be thinking in the back of your mind that, hey, if you improve, if you uh, polish your skills, something could happen.
1: Absolutely. Um, So interestingly enough, when I was uh, 21, I was after my first year of uh, inter-county baseball, so with the senior uh, team, the Kitchener Panthers, um, I came on to the team as a junior player that filled in and then filled some roles, you know, pinch runner, played some outfield um, spot positions and that sort of thing. And uh, I did actually relatively well. Uh, First year ever using uh, wood bats. Um, back then, you know, it was aluminum up until senior, and uh, sure. that was a, a bit of a rude awakening in a sense when I started swinging the lumber—a uh, lot less forgiving, uh, which was uh, actually a very good thing for me. It taught me a lot about hitting. Um, and when I was 21, uh, the year after, it had uh, a pretty good year with the Panthers. We won the championship in 2000. And that would have been that year. And um, I read a book called *The Mental Game of Baseball*, and it completely shifted my mindset, which. Then actually opened the door to um, a breakout year the next season in the inner county where I won the MVP um, over guys like Rob Butler, Rich Butler, Paul Spaljarek. And uh, the following month uh, after the season, it was actually literally, realistically, I I got uh, asked to go to college about two weeks before I went. Um, and I went down to division two after that really good season, after reading that book in the off season prior to, so that actually was the time where, uh, it seemed like a glimmer of hope. Uh, I knew I was older and the chances were slim, but, um, having read that book and having it, uh, really shift my mindset, um, gave me, uh, some hope, uh, which I didn't really have. It was an, a realistic hope and, and a, some solid confidence to, to get somewhere. So yeah, when I went to Division II, uh, it was literally for me a stepping stone. I was there not to go to school, essentially. It was for baseball to um, to make a connection and sign somewhere professionally, which I ended up doing immediately following that school year.
0: Oh, right on. So uh, yeah, and now you must be uh, a rarity in the sense where you uh, played professional ball before going to college.
1: So it was actually the, the opposite. So I did go to college. I finished my, it was my second year. I played in the intercounty. I had the MVP season immediately after went to college. I uh, didn't even finish my, my, my college year. Um, I finished the baseball season but left college because I got a contract, which later on found out really didn't mean anything. I had to still try out with everybody else. Um, but then when uh, went and played in the CBL, the Canadian Baseball League, uh, the next month.
0: Okay, and yeah, I definitely want to talk about the uh, Canadian Baseball League uh, uh, in, in a bit there. So, uh, now, so you uh, have this experience, you're uh, you know, pursuing this dream here, and uh, you mentioned uh, people like uh, the Butlers uh, as well as uh, Rob Ducey and uh, Ferguson Jenkins who uh, also played in the uh, Inter-County Baseball League. Uh, so uh, describe what it was like uh, to play in Inter-County Baseball
1: uh i i have to say that it's the most eclectic league uh that i've been a part of and i'm sure in general it's um because it's a semi professional league you'll have literally ex major league ball players that were literally playing the season before um in the majors you'll have young guys that are college players division 1 division 2 ball players you'll have local ball players that have been around and never really gone anywhere before but uh, it's very eclectic in the talent level however uh, um, just a, it's a very, uh, fun, competitive league, uh, guys that are, you know, just finishing up their tenure, uh, in whether it's the, you know, career minor leaguers or whatever they may be, um, you know, are still very competitive and want to play at that level. And, uh, so it's a lot of fun in that regards and a lot of competition. So, you know, um, it's, uh, it's an intense league, um, and a lot of fun, like I said, but, uh, yeah, I guess to describe it would be, um, eclectic and and interesting and fun and uh just a combination of um of things that uh, i don't think you would see in in upper levels of of minor leagues um however you know it's it's not quite it's not an amateur league in a sense either i guess it technically is uh, based on the fact that you got college players there otherwise that would uh that would mess up their scholarships <clears throat> which is why it's an interesting league as well so there's that kind of fine line that it weaves um, But it's, it's a great place uh, for, for ball for young guys coming up to get an experience to play with older veterans and ex major leaguers and and whatnot and for my early years that was uh, that was it was fascinating for me um, it, it was a lot of fun because I got to play against these guys that have been places and in my mindset that was um, that was always something that that drove me you know if, if I always found that I played better against Better competition, my my game leveled up, and I got more intense and more uh, focused and dialed in against these guys. And I figured, you know, if I can if I can hit off a guy like Paul Spalding or if I can, you know, you know, make great plays against these these guys that have been in the majors, you know, like uh, it kind of gives me a level of confidence that I I could have at least been relatively at that level. So uh, it was it was a, it was a very interesting and wild league, and I I love it. I, I have a lot of love for it. I played and coached and. In the league for almost 20 years. So obviously, I uh, i spent a lot of time there and enjoyed it.
0: Now, uh, and you mentioned uh, the likes of uh, Spald Jarek that uh, you did a uh, face against and so on. Uh, did you uh, get an opportunity to sort of uh, pick uh, the brain of uh, uh, perhaps the next major leaguer who uh, you uh, then crossed paths with uh, by chance uh, in Intercounty Ball?
1: Uh, So, yeah, I was fortunate enough that um, I spent time not only on the ball field uh, playing against these guys, um, but I spent a lot of time uh, off the field training ball players. Uh, So I worked a lot with the strength and conditioning uh, part of baseball. So I actually uh, worked up in Ajax at a a facility called Home Run Academy, which uh, I don't know if it's called that anymore, but uh, it was Rob and Rich Butler's academy. Um, and Paul's uh, Paul, Paul Jarrett worked out of there and they coached their sons uh, out of that facility. So, yeah, I got a chance to uh, pick their brains a little bit, more so just get to know them a, a little bit more, which was uh, always kind of what I enjoyed. I mean, I, I did, uh, you know, talk to Paul a little bit about the game, what it was like in the majors and that, and, uh, you know, it, nothing too in depth. Uh, we didn't get uh I guess too detailed in, in specifics, but um, it, I just found it interesting to watch him work. And, and I did a lot of my learning by watching, listening, and uh, feeling things out um, when I did play the game. But uh, yeah, a little bit here and there, I guess I chatted with him. Uh, it was always a lot of fun, a lot of banter when we, we chatted with those guys. And you learn a lot about a person and about you know where they come from through that. So.
0: Terrific. So, uh, you know, uh, what uh, I'm really, uh, really interested to learn is that, you know, you you, you come up, you mentioned these uh, these ballplayers uh, like the Butlers, as you said, Spaljarek. Uh, you know, they uh, were in uh, the bright lights of the major leagues uh, and uh, then they uh, came uh, to uh, inner county ball. Uh, there's obviously such a huge different ter- uh, difference in terms of everything, the amenities, the uh, the salaries, etc. So, w- with regards to supporting yourselves d- during a baseball season and just uh, while you're going through this process, uh, like what did uh, you personally do? What was kind of the uh, uh, the norm for uh, ballplayers uh, as they're going through the system?
1: Uh, so, speaking on the uh, the IBL, the Union County Ball, uh, Baseball League, um, it was very much a working and is still a working man's league. So, the majority of the players are not, uh, you know, getting paid enough where they can, you know, live to play. Um, so, we, yeah, throughout the summers, I would take jobs. I, I always took jobs that I felt that were... Um, something that I could learn from, so I've worked in construction, landscaping, uh, painting, like all sorts of odd jobs throughout the summer, basically jobs where I could make make baseball work, so for me that was always a priority when I was younger, Uh, I just loved the game so much that Money wasn't uh, my number one driver. It was the the competition. It was bettering myself. And you know, after my second season, it was you know a very breakout season for myself. So I was uh, for quite some time working to try to get an opportunity to play somewhere. Um, you know, I, I realized that my my chance was very limited and likely unlikely to happen. So, uh, you know, I was still working jobs and making it work, but uh, it, for a guy like myself uh, that played in Kitchener, that was a local player, you know, I didn't get paid. I got uh, gas money at most um, and uh, did it for the love of it. So, you know, guys like um, paul Jericks, uh, Jericks and Butlers and, and people along those lines would get, you know, a little something for, for coming out. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, they're doing it for the same reason that's one of the things I think I loved most about the IBL was it, it's definitely a passion for the people that are there they're not playing for the money um, you know some teams would get we all have our import players that get paid uh, you know a certain amount um, to be there but again it's not a lot of money and it's it's because these guys love the game and they're there to play and to compete and um, that's what made it I think the most fun
0: yeah and I have friends who are in uh, community theater as well and uh, I can only imagine that the comparisons are there between uh... that and uh, playing uh... playing sports where you're just doing something for uh... for the passion that you love it so much and you know uh... you did mention uh... Before, a couple minutes before about the canadian baseball league for those who are not aware the canadian baseball league was uh... was a initiative that did start uh... in the early two thousands uh... the score television network uh... picked up a few games and uh it was just uh, at at the time. It was uh, another avenue for ballplayers, especially in this country, to for exposure to to get more opportunity to play. Um, what was the buzz around your circles uh, as you're playing uh, in uh, in Kitchener? Uh, you heard about this uh, this new league. Uh, what was uh, your mindset, and uh, what was the buzz in terms of uh, those uh, playing in the IBL?
1: Um, so that would have been the year. That off season was the year I was in uh, in school. So I was in Illinois, right. um, and it just so happened that uh, my coach, who was coaching us at uh, sock Valley, happened to get a job as the head coach for the Kelowna Heat, who was one of the eight teams in the uh, CBL. So that was uh, basically where I'd heard about it first. There, there wasn't a lot, I mean, I wasn't around Kitchener area at the time, and, and uh, so I don't really know and can't speak on what was being said in and around here. Uh, however, you know, as soon as I found out about this league, I knew that this was an opportunity for me to get some exposure, to play at a higher level, and to continue my, my dream, which uh, all of a sudden seemed like it could be a reality. Uh, so for me, it was a, a great place to, you know, to start, you know, back home in, in the area. And, um, so... Uh, when I got back home, uh, I know that that was my that was my uh, my priority, my prerogative. I wanted to make sure that I got uh, you know I got this contract. I literally got a contract, um, and I got there uh, in London for uh, an open trial with the Monarchs.
0: And the, yeah, that's and you uh, you uh, played for the uh, the team in London, uh, London Monarchs. Yeah, sorry uh, sorry to interrupt.
1: Oh, that's all good. Yeah, so I ended up playing. Uh, so I went to that open trial with the Monarchs. I handed somebody my my contract and they're like, Oh, great. Go, uh, go jump out of the field. Make sure you got your glove and spikes. So I went out and realized there was hundreds of guys and my contract meant nothing. So, uh, you know, I had to earn my keep, which was fair. And I, you know, I'm glad it went that way because, um, you know, it, it gave me a chance to really build on my confidence and, and, you know, there was, I was trying out for the shortstop position cause that's where I played at the time. And I think there was about eight guys going for that position at the time. And, uh, you know, we had to w- dwindle it down to, you know, I think two or three of us, um, And we had players from all over the world. Uh, We had Japanese guys trying out, guys from South America, uh, you know, the Caribbean area. uh, Literally, we had Mexico. We had uh, people from the States. We had people from everywhere. So it was, uh, you know, it was a really uh, eye-opening experience and a lot of fun. And it really brought out the competitive juices. So I know uh, there was a few guys... uh, uh, one guy that I played with in Kitchener that uh, ended up trying out uh, with us, and he also made the team. His name is Jeff Pietrasko, um, a, a good, uh, great ball player and a good friend. So we uh, we were the only two from our team that ended up playing in it. But uh, Rich Butler played with the Niagara Stars, so there was there was a number. There was I'd say, gosh, there's probably like a good solid, you know, ten maybe ten guys from the IBL that ended up playing in the league. Uh, but they there. There had to be Canadian content, uh, which meant you know X amount of Canadian players. So you know, and the rest was import spots. Uh, so it, it was a really um, a really competitive league and a, and a competitive tryout, which uh, made for a lot of fun and really brought out some, some good uh, some good juice and some good talent uh, and, and some and just yeah good ability and whatnot uh, in in the guys that were shooting for those positions. So it, it was great. It was a good experience.
0: So, uh, to give a better perspective of the Canadian Baseball League, as opposed to the uh, to the uh, Inner County League. So, the Inner County League, uh, which has been around for forever. I mean, I don't, I don't even know when it was founded, but uh, the majority, well, every team has uh... is based out of the province of ontario the canadian baseball league uh... was spread out all throughout the country uh... there was a couple teams in bc You mentioned Kelowna, uh... also in uh... alberta uh... saskatchewan there was a couple teams in uh... ontario too in quebec uh... the the league was unfortunately riddled with problems uh... it only lasted a year you know, as you were going through this season, uh, did you sense? And uh, it didn't. Uh, I the uh, season uh, was eventually canceled uh, before uh, a champion was uh, even crowned. They uh, they did not play the uh, the final series. Did you uh, kind of get a sense that the writing was on the wall that, uh, unfortunately, that this was not going to work out?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was uh, so from day so day one was amazing uh we had our inaugural game i think we were the first game that uh started the cbl uh i believe gosh i can't even remember for sure but i believe it was us against montreal uh they were a road team so they didn't even have a facility to play out of right they were literally a road team so right there you know i kind of told you something um but I mean, the game was packed. It was—I've never seen Labatt Park as busy as it was. It was completely jammed. It was a beautiful night. We had uh, the Snowbirds fly over for Old Canada. It was just—the energy was electric.
0: And if I—if I could interrupt, like, and I distinctly remember uh, watching that game on uh, on the score, and uh, that I believe Labatt park it, it has the distinction of being the oldest baseball stadium, I think, in Canada or North America or something. That in the it, world, yeah, it, it is in the world. Okay, yeah, and, uh, yeah, no, uh, and I, uh, it left uh, something with me because uh, you know the score they uh, were trying to uh, have some sort of relationship with uh, and trying to get some footprint in uh, the sporting landscape. They did have uh, the Montreal Expos games uh, for a time, and uh, here was this uh, um, this startup league uh, with um, with the Canadian Baseball League. I'm sorry, Luke, as you were saying,
1: yeah. Yeah, so I mean it, it, that game was electric, and you're absolutely right, It's The it longest continuous use baseball uh, stadium and field in Canada, or rather in the world that I've, I've been told and aware of, and they they proudly boast that. So wow. yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so it's just the vibe there, and it's a beautiful backdrop in London. Uh, it's just it's it's just a beautiful, beautiful field. So I mean, you know, game one, uh, it was it was electric. We had uh, one of the uh, it was a cousin of, of the Guerrero's, uh, was playing for Montreal. And, uh, yeah, I just remember him, uh, smashing a ball over left, uh, into the Thames river. And, uh, yeah, later I got the call to play second base and I actually got a chance to rob him with a diving play. And, <laughs> you know, it was, it was just uh, the whole game in general. It was a good game that we played and, uh, and both teams played. So the, the feeling was just amazing. Uh, come game two, you know, the crowd was more than half gone. And, uh, and we just seemed to, things started to seem to just look kind of bleak. Uh, right from the get-go, you could tell there was a lot of misorganization in regards to um, the way things were set up. Like, when it came to uniforms, uh, like, I'm, I'm not a big guy. Uh, so, you know, I wear a size 33 waist, and uh, the smallest pair of pants I could find was a 36. My second pair was a 38. And just when it came down to, it started with pants, and then it started, you know, to... Um, you know, just the weather was bad uh, that spring, and we just happened to get a lot of rain out games. And even if it, you know, we'd get our games in, um, you know, there wouldn't be many fans out, so the ticket booths were just uh, were hurting. And then when it came down to uh, quarter of the way through the season, I believe all the East Coast GMs had been let go and replaced, and it just you could see things were not starting off well. Um, I remember, you know, a lot of people that I talked to hadn't even heard of the CBL at this point. So I don't know if it had been advertised. I was at school, so I don't know what was going on in Canada. But I don't believe it had been advertised as well as it could have been uh, or should have been. Um, that, to me, I don't really know. But it didn't. Uh, a lot of people didn't even know we existed. To this day, I still don't even know it existed. It was sure. a bit of a blip on the screen. And, and like you mentioned, uh, you know, we made it. Uh, we made it to the to the halfway point to the All Star break. I remember. Vividly, the the day I came in, me and Jeff, we drove together from from the Kitchener area and, and drove into London for all our home games. And um, yeah, literally, we walk into the change room, and everybody looked like he, Jeff. Literally, made the comment, "You know, what what did everybody's dog die? Like, what the hell?" And uh, long story short, you know, we got told that this was our last home stand, and that would be it for the season. So, um, it was uh, there was a lot of writing on the wall. Unfortunately, uh, we didn't actually think it was going to happen. However, you know, it wasn't that. Uh, you know, that far-fetched, that it it did come to an end. And we heard about some other things, whether they were rumors or not, I don't actually know. But, uh, you know, based on the things that we heard and saw, uh, it's unfortunate that uh, it didn't work out because it was, for myself, it was an amazing experience. It was my first time ever going out west uh, in my life, and I got to go there to play ball. So I got to go play in Calgary. I got to play in Kelowna. Now that's where I started to really get my feet wet and feel comfortable in this league, and I started to. Kyle I mean, Gary was the best team in the league with their record, and uh, we we beat them in a three out of four game series, and I was uh, playing great, and I just loved the feeling of getting out west and traveling and visiting through Canada. So uh, it was unfortunate that it fell apart, and uh, it would have been great for a lot of Canadian ball players to even just have a chance. It's, it was the equivalent to the, it was supposed to be the equivalent to the CFL, which you know Canadian Football League. So we're the Canadian Baseball League, and sure. Um, uh, it just didn't, uh, didn't get its chance to gain any traction, which is unfortunate.
0: Yeah. And, uh, I, I guess, uh, you know, looking back, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously hindsight being what it is, uh, like, do, do you think that they could have used another year to, uh, to, um, sort of, uh, plan everything out? Uh, you know, I mean, it's so easy to pinpoint what, uh, the problems were, but, uh, I mean, is it something that, uh, perhaps, uh, is that it, do you believe that there is a market for uh, Canada's own baseball league? Uh, you know, uh, because obviously the talent is there. You're saying that there are dozens upon uh, dozens of players who are Vying for spots, and obviously you take a look at uh, baseball. You know, so many years after the fact, you uh, you could see that uh, that baseball is gaining so much more popularity. Uh, I, I, it it was a long time uh, the Canadian Baseball League, but uh, where do you think uh, baseball is in terms of uh, developing and trying again, maybe uh, with a second league? Yeah,
1: so right off the top, I think you hit the nail on the head. That's what I said from pretty much you know. Day one, even not in the day one necessarily, but you know, a month in, um, it almost seemed like they needed an extra year of getting things organized and prepped and ready to to get this launched properly. And I think if they had done that, I think they would have gotten at least a, a, it would have been a better vibe all around. The players would have been a little bit more. uh, I mean, we we play the game regardless, but I mean, I think it would have got a lot more buy-in if you would have had you know, more knowledge of the league in general. I think you just can't throw something like this in and, you know, hope for the best. They had the money behind it from all my understanding. Um, We learned a lot about the league in that regard. Uh, I do believe that it would have been a lot more successful had we given it a year of better planning, more strategic planning, uh, better advertising, marketing, and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I totally agree with you on that. I do believe that. Uh, And based on, you know, today, you know, how popular baseball has gotten in Canada. I mean, obviously we lost the Expos, you know, uh, they were gone by the time the league started. But um, I look at the development since that time to this time, and, and not only just being a player and having managed a couple of years, but again, um, being involved in the offense, conditioning and having worked in the Toronto area, the Kitchener, uh, Waterloo, Cambridge area, up in Ottawa, I worked for a bit with ball teams up that way. So um, there's a lot of Canadian content. There's a lot of really good ball players being drafted all the time. And I think, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, I mean, it's, it's, it's not just that the players are getting better. There's a bigger volume of players. I mean, you look at or even you know back then I, when I was coming up, uh, there wasn't the uh, Ontario Blue Jays, and now there's the the Fergie Jenkins League. There's all these different uh, Premier leagues, if you will, as they call themselves. But then you've also still got your city leagues. So there's just so many more ball players in general. I think coming out of the, uh, out of Canada, and I think there's such uh, a bigger interest um, in ball in general. I think, in my personal opinion, I believe you know if if it was done again, if it was done properly, I think it would take off uh, and do a lot better. Uh, I feel like, you know, Canadians represent Canadians, and if it's done properly um, and promoted properly, uh, I I believe they'd have better success.
0: So you go back to uh, inner-county, and, uh, you know, you are spending more and more time as a player, and uh, I guess uh, your your, uh, mindset must have changed that uh, you do want to... uh, it's, uh, it's stick around uh, uh, throughout the game and or uh, perhaps uh, uh, pursue other endeavors. Uh, really interested to hear what your uh, thoughts are. I guess if uh, as you look back, uh, what what is uh, do you, can you sort of classify what the mindset is of a younger baseball player? Maybe uh, you know Luke Baker who was a couple years into uh, the program and uh, going through college to. Uh, I guess a general sense of what uh, veteran ball players go through. Uh, definitely uh, your mindset must change uh, when you get into your early to mid 30s.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that little run at the beginning of my career in the IBL, it was uh, kind of like a, a from my, for as long as I've been playing to that point, it was uh, kind of like I just catapulted uh, in regards to. Uh, talent and and ability and more than anything my mindset and confidence I think that that shot up quite a bit um, based on just how my mindset had shifted and recognizing how much uh, baseball is a mental game and how that is the major uh, defining factor and I mean obviously uh, there's a lot of physical work that goes into that and and that's involved but uh, the mindset is so massive um, and not just baseball with any sport you have to have a very strong mindset and um, there's a lot that goes into that and there's a lot of just as much if not more work that should be going into the mindset as there should be into the physical work Um, and in my early 20s and that um, there was a lot of groundbreaking work for myself if you will uh, until I got uh, you know uh, until the the CBL folded and uh, we came back and I uh, you know things didn't go as I kind of hoped uh, things seemed to be going great and then Uh, As I was getting into my late 20s, uh, early 30s, you know, this was a a time where I'd been uh, started. I started my own business and I'd been working with athletes and doing a lot of fitness and health uh, training and that, which I I loved. Uh, It was great, um, but I hadn't started a family or anything yet. uh, In my early 30s, uh, I made a commitment and moved up to Ottawa and started a a family at that point. And, um, you know, that's. even as I was in, entering my late 20s, you know, I, I would be on the ball diamond at times and, uh, you know, in the field thinking, God, you know, like I should be, I should probably be somewhere else other than this at times. And I couldn't quite enjoy the game quite as much as I did when I was, you know, pursuing a path and, and trying to reach that, that goal. And uh, when I got to my early 30s, I, I realized that, uh, you know, starting a family, I was going to have to switch careers and, or, and do something that was a little bit more, um, future-based, focused for my family and whatnot, and uh, I'd always kind of, you know, more thought about myself, and um, it was a great shift in perspective as well, because it's what I needed at the time, uh, however, again, uh, definitely, I, I still had the love and the passion for the game, but uh, it changed, I mean, the priorities in my life had shifted, and uh, for the better, um, you know, I, uh, as much as I love the game, and as much as I'll always have a piece of it uh, in my heart, and, uh, I'll still, you know, play the game from time to time, and And whatnot. It's um, it's just it did. It shifted. It changed. And uh, you know, I loved being around the game, uh, but uh, I couldn't quite enjoy it as much, knowing that there were bigger, bigger fish to fry, if you will.
0: No, understood. And uh, that's, uh, I guess, the decision that a lot of people face, uh, no matter what the industry is, when you uh, try and uh, dive into something that is so competitive, like sports, like. Uh, show business, or uh, maybe even starting up an own business where you're trying to develop something from scratch and uh, really take it mainstream. Uh, y- you know, to that, and uh, definitely want to get into uh, the decision for you to step away from baseball in a moment. But uh, I could only imagine uh, as you go through uh, this process, as you try to uh, make a make a living uh, in in uh, in sports. That really interested to know of what uh, PED use is like uh, in terms of whether it is inner county. Uh, I, when you uh, come across, uh, I, I don't have any evidence obviously with regards to the uh, Canadian Football League or uh, just uh, in terms of athletes in any sport who uh, believe that they could uh, make it if they just uh, have that little extra oomph. How, was it existent, uh, uh, around your circles?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. At every level, uh, once you get to that, uh, that kind of uh, adult stage, I believe, uh, relative adult, uh, you'll have guys that are, are doing that, uh, taking and, and doing anything that can give them an edge or an advantage, uh, you know, based on what their thought process is and what they feel is going to help them, you know, have that edge to get them ahead. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, there's a lot of money involved when you make it uh, to the show. Um, in, in the minor leagues in baseball, single A, double A, triple A. I mean, unless you you sign for a good amount of money and are drafted high, uh, you're still not making much money. Um, I believe I just heard recently that they're going to be upping the ante for uh, minor league ball players, which is great. But it's still, it's 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 peanuts, it's pennies, and uh, these guys are, are, and even in our league. It, same thing. There are guys that are willing to do whatever it takes, and uh, you know, some of the guys weren't even really trying to go anywhere. They just, uh, they just. <laughs> it's obvious. You can tell when people are are doing what they're doing, and um, it is what it is to me. I mean, you know, the guys are willing to take performance-enhancing drugs. People are willing to, you know, and I've heard this at all levels. You know, you read about the '86 Mets, and you hear about, uh, you know, what went on back then, and that sort of stuff. I believe. Uh, still happens, but not quite to the extent it once did. Um, but, yeah, yeah, guys are guys are always willing to have that edge and do what it takes to get there. And a lot of guys, anyways, not all of them. But, uh, um, yeah, it was uh, definitely evident that, that some were. And, uh, yeah, uh, it, it is what it is. It's all part of the game as far as I'm concerned. It always has been. You look at guys from way back. I mean, um, someone's performance enhancing drug is, is not the choice for somebody else uh, you know some people you, know, you look at a guy like babe ruth who, who loved his uh his beverages and yeah sure it, it was noted that he played uh you know uh, half sauce you know at times <laughs> david wells same deal when he pitched his no hitter you know uh, uh this was this is just the way it is it, guys are willing to do what it takes uh, sometimes to have that edge and to it's it's competition, right? So uh, it's going to bring out the inner competitor in each person, and, and whatever that means for that person, uh, you know, they they're some are willing to do whatever it takes. So, uh,
0: sports, obviously, you know, you see Olympics, and you uh, hear about performance-enhancing drugs, people getting caught, people getting stripped of uh, medals and honors. Obviously, Barry, Barry Bonds, uh, you know, has a. Uh, quote-unquote asterisk beside his uh, home run uh, total as uh, he is believed to have uh, taken steroids where the person he surpassed, Hank Aaron, uh, didn't uh, wasn't known to uh, have uh, that sort of uh, edge and uh, wasn't known for taking steroids. It's, it is kind of ironic uh, I, as I uh, go on this uh, r- uh, tangent that uh, certain players were labeled as not... Uh, Non-steroid users, you think of a guy like Ken Griffey Jr., where a guy like Mike Piazza was uh, assumed, uh, and uh, Jeff Bagwell uh, to uh, be taking steroids as well. Uh, what is your stance? What is your position as uh, with regards to baseball? If you do know of uh, other sports in terms of uh, limiting uh, drug use, performance-enhancing drugs, does more need to be done? Is it sort of uh, you know, user beware that. You're uh, a grown adult. If uh, this is something that you should take, uh, that you want to take, you got to pay for the consequences in the end, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it's a good question. I I, I don't know uh, 100% what my stance is. I think, you know, at the end of the day, yes, they are grown men and adults. you know, there's rules and, and whatnot that are in place. So, I mean, it depends, I think, on the league and how, how serious they are about it. If, uh, if they want to make the, the playing field as level as possible, then that's up to them and in their hands. So they can do the kinds of testing that will keep that, uh, uh, that sort of thing uh, at bay if they wish. And uh, obviously it wasn't tested for quite some time as the, the whole steroid era, you know, uh, ran rampant with guys that were juicing. And, uh, you know, um it is a total you know personal preference and choice and and you know to me i know tons of guys tons of guys that have done uh, juice and other things to to amp amp up their game and whatnot and, you know it might have helped in the short term uh for some of them at some points but you know um uh, it takes a special breed no matter what you still like I look at like you look at professional bodybuilders, you know, like the biggest of the biggest, you know, the heavyweights and that, like they're clearly not natural, you know? Sure. Um, and, but the amount of work that they have to put in is still insane amounts of work. Um, so, you know, it's not to knock somebody who's taking something because there's a lot of work that's involved And just because you take a drug, uh, it's not going to make you that much better a performer. Yes. It'll help you to heal faster, depending on the type it will increase your size and or speed and things of that nature does that make it an unfair playing field uh, if, if you know if guys aren't taking it of course it does um, however there's still like as i mentioned before there's such another side to it i mean you know i think what was impressive most about barry bonds year, where he you know broke the record and rather smashed the record <laughs> um, it was mind-blowing that you know not only was he hitting home runs like he was you know that that doesn't come from taking steroids because if everybody on record that took steroids, you know, was going to hit that kind of a home run or have that kind of a season, you know, you'd, you'd see it. Um, but what was most impressive was, you know, his patience at the plate. He broke Babe Ruth's record for walks that season. So, you know, there's something to be said about, you know, how he's tracking the ball. You know, his his mental approaches is at the plate, like all this stuff. Um, you know, that goes into it. So. Uh, you know, I think it comes down to the league and what they really want to do, the message they're trying to send, and, um, you know, I know with the Olympics, you know, that it's an amateur sport, so, you know, they want to keep it as clean as possible, and I think that that is a wise way to govern that, um, you know, depending on what they want to do, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, or this and that, it's been done for years, uh, up until, and it's been frowned upon for years, but... At the same time, you know, most leagues hadn't really been that serious about doing anything. If they were always that serious about it, it's easy. It's an easy fix to just say, "Here, here's the drug test. We're getting it done. Like, if you're on a cycle, you you know how they work. It's easy to test. So um, it comes down to the leagues, I think, at the end of the day. And um, You know, I don't think, yeah, I guess my personal opinion on it is um, what it is. So um, it's not really here or there.
0: Yeah, and th- I just want to thank you so much for uh, being so open with uh, regards to uh, to talking about that. Uh, uh, with that said, uh, you know you spent as uh, much as uh, what I have here as much as uh, eighteen years within uh, intercounty baseball. Uh, you know you want to throw in uh, uh, pretty much twenty year uh, career in baseball with regards to college and your time with the Canadian Baseball League. Uh, you managed as well uh, the uh, the Panthers in Kitchener. You then decided to uh, step away from the game. How difficult a decision was that?
1: Uh, it actually wasn't. Uh, I mean, it, part of it was. Uh, don't get me wrong. Um, sure. But I mean, I've had a, a decent career uh, in regards to enjoyment of the game and being able to play and do something that I love. So I, I feel very fortunate to have been able to do that. And It was a choice, obviously. And I, I mean, like you mentioned before, we're not making we're not making money. So uh, there's a lot of sacrifices that go into that. Um, So in a sense, I mean, you know, yeah, I'm managing for the last couple of years and sure. I'm making a little bit of money, which is, you know, maybe at most part-time work type money at most. Uh, So it's not for the money by any means. I definitely love the game and it, definitely still passionate about it uh however you know i've got two daughters i've got an 11 year old and a five year old that you know i'm much more passionate about and uh they are getting to an age where they're you know involved in sports and and i love that they were at the ball diamonds and loved being at the diamonds and, and loved you know uh, watching dad uh, on the field and i got a chance to see them and wave to them from the field and that that feeling is something that uh, i'll cherish and always have and something that when i'm older i'll be able to look back on and and you know, be happy that I, re- I made that decision to be out there during those times. However, uh, I think it was the best decision, maybe one of the easiest decisions based on, you know, just knowing, you know, what my role is, who I am now and what's important to me at this point. And, um, the beauty thing about baseball is as far as I'm concerned, it's not going anywhere. Um, and I'm, you know, when my girls are grown up and whatnot, I can always come back to the game and, and it'll always be there. You know, in that time, I'm still going to love it. I'm still going to learn, uh, it's just something that I do. I'm, I'm constantly just fascinated by it and fascinated by the growth of the game and how it's changing constantly and, um, you know, just where it's going and, and, and how that's all, you know, I mean, you look at all this technology and how things have changed and the analytics and, and everything that, that's changing about the game that I find absolutely fascinating. Um, so I will stay, you know, in the game in some regards, uh, but not, you know, on a field or, or anything like that. But, yeah, it, it was a pretty it was a pretty easy decision. Um at the end of the day, I, I'm a I'm a, I, I'm a dad number one, um, you know, and uh, that's that's my biggest, most important role and the one I'm most proud of. So, um, baseball has got a piece of me, but it's had me for years. So, I think what's most important is I give uh, give my passion and my love to, to my daughters and help raise them.
0: Wonderful, that definitely sounds like a great silver lining. Absolutely, uh, Luke. I'd love to uh, get your couple uh, thoughts on a couple of other uh, items, and you know, I'm I am with the the structure of baseball as it is in the Major League setup uh, obviously you have uh, different layers in terms of baseball with regards to single A, double A, triple A Uh, you know you think of uh, clubs like uh, say the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Kansas City Rolls I don't pretend to know what uh, revenue is like and uh, what uh, a team's bottom line is they seem to be making money uh, like teams who uh, never really uh, go anywhere in terms of Pittsburgh uh, from what I understand is that uh, ownership is still uh, making a uh, considerable money. Uh, you, you could think of the uh, certain athletes who are just making uh, dollars hands o- hand over fist. Uh, you know, Garrett Cole with uh, a $325 million contract. And, you know, this is a guy who's uh, obviously playing uh, once every five days. Uh, and, then, and then you have uh, individuals like yourself. And, uh, you know, you're a player that actually got to experience... Uh, baseball in uh, inner county baseball. Uh, uh, with the CBL, and I can only imagine the uh, dozens upon hundreds of uh, ball players who can't even get to your level. Uh, what I wanted to ask is, like, are the uh, three levels, uh, be uh before the majors necessary? Like, do you actually do does Major League Baseball actually need so many levels, uh, of minor league ball? Uh,
1: good question. Um, I don't know if I've ever quite thought that one through. Uh, I mean, the way it was always set up is a farm system. So the, the idea being that, uh, you know, uh, you start in young, you get drafted at a young age, you, you start off. I mean, now there's so many levels of, of rookie ball and all these different, you know, um, spin-offs of single, double and triple A. Uh, but uh, I mean, yeah, the idea being that you, you go and you progress from one to the next and that's supposed to build you up and, and so you're ready to to go to the show um you know the necessary i'm, I'm not 100 percent sure uh, i think if anything um for the development of, of the players and especially younger guys it, you know I, I i guess you know it helps to house the amount of ball players that there are i know that there's oh my god uh, you know i did some math on it probably well over 10 years ago or so but there's you know well over a, a million ball players, you know, trying to make it when it, you include the minors and in some of these random leagues, all you know, all over the place. There's, there's tons and tons and tons of guys, so there's the talent out there. So, yeah, I mean, in regards to uh, the, the number of players, uh, it is necessary, I guess, in a sense, to have some of these leagues, um, and it's it, I think it's good in a lot of ways. Um, I don't really know, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I'm not
0: overly sure, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I guess the reason why I ask as well is that uh, because when you come up with, uh, now obviously with the, uh, the Jays, they have uh, the team in Buffalo, they have the team in uh, New Hampshire, uh, there's Dunedin as well. And, you know, there are so many uh, coaching staffs and uh, teams itself where so much money is being paid out. And I, I guess when it comes to uh, programs like Intercounty Baseball, uh, you know, guys are really struggling to to uh, to make ends meet. Yet you have a guy like Mike Trout who's making over four hundred twenty five million. Uh, mm. it, it, does Major League Baseball, uh, in a sense, have a responsibility to sort of maybe better support those who are trying to uh, trying to get in the game?
1: I think that that is an absolute uh, accurate uh, point in, in question. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, I mean let's be honest. I mean, I I get, you know, and I'm not knocking anybody's talent abilities. I think, you know, these guys are obviously um, the best of the best and, and they deserve to get paid, you know, good amounts of money. But, you know, when you're getting paid, you know, these are obscene amounts of money. Um, and again, not to say that they aren't, you know, worth a lot of money. Um, I think when it comes down to it and you've got all these other guys that are literally scraping by, um, the amount of money that they're making in a month is less than minimum wage, easily less than minimum wage, um, you know, when it comes down to it. And and I get, you know, I've heard the argument from, from Major League Baseball, well, it's a choice and you don't have to. Well, I mean, it's a choice also, you know, to go work uh, at any place, really at the end of the day, because if you want to, you know, do something with your life, uh, you should at least get a minimum salary. And I think that, you know, based on the amount of hours that you put into uh, the game in a day with practice and games and that, uh, you know, it should at least equal out to being, like, a minimum wage type of a salary, which it's it's not. Uh, I don't know, again, the details of what they're um, doing. I know that they're improving that situation, but I don't know what that improvement means specifically. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, there's so much room to spread the wealth. And I get that those are, you know, some of the, the few and far between. But, I mean, even, like, uh, you know, the Jays and uh, Ryu, who's making – for four years, eighty million. You break it down per start. You know it's twenty million a season. You break it down per start. It's, it's close to if he, you know, stays relatively healthy, uh, almost. You know, not quite, but uh, close to a uh, million dollars a start. And uh, you know, you put that into perspective. You break it down per month, per week, per day. How much they're actually earning? It's it's obscene. Like if you if somebody's making a million dollars a year, you know they're making close to a hundred thousand dollars per month. That's pretty. That's pretty easy to make ends meet when you're having to struggle to the point where you know you can't eat healthily enough you're training your body and working your butt off to get to that next level you know I think that's when guys are willing to do what it takes because they're you know they're in a place where they need to struggle and they need to to do what it you know whatever that means to to get to that next level and I don't think I mean, these guys all have a passion for the game and a love for the game, so they're playing, you know, for that reason. However, I think, if anything, they should at least be able to to eat properly and, uh, you know, have some good nutritional value and, uh, you know, uh, live a a relatively normal life. A lot of these guys also have family, you know, and and to be able to follow your dream and and have at least get paid minimum wage uh, should be something that Major League Baseball should take care of, at least in their system. You know, independent leagues are independent leagues, But uh, in their system, they should take care of their own.
0: So I'd love to get your uh, comment on a program that is uh, really... uh uh, intrigued me and that is uh, the world baseball classic not sh- really sure of uh, what kind of sports you follow other than baseball but uh, as a guy and I think uh, we're roughly the uh, the same age uh, you know I came to uh, really appreciate international sports obviously with the uh, Calgary Olympics and Seoul but of course the 87 Canada Cup and uh, it was I guess it was 2009 uh, 2007 where uh, baseball, uh, really uh, tried to invest in uh, uh, take the time to develop an international program that of course being the world baseball classic uh, how uh, how enthralled are you in terms of international baseball because this is obviously a sport that is reaching uh, multiple corners uh, you know maybe it's not as uh, as uh, prevalent as say soccer but you know between uh, the Far East and uh, obviously here in North America uh it, it seems that it could be a fantastic tournament once uh, they uh, get all the kinks out.
1: Yeah. I, I love the idea. I absolutely love it. Um, for the last number of years, we've had, uh, we've strictly only picked up Cuban ballplayers. Um, so uh, it's a rarity in our league and I believe in Canada because of, uh, you know, the big issue that has been going on with Canada and the U.S. for some time where uh, Cuban players. They have to defect if they come to the States uh, and play ball. So, um, when we got our, our Cuban players, um, many of them have, have been in the, the World Baseball Classic and, and just chatting with them and, and getting their, their take on it. And, and I have also known some Canadians as well involved in it. And it, it's, I mean, I think, you know, you go back to it when we're kids. Uh, you know, tournament play is so much fun. Uh, you know, you look at even Team Canada and, and some of these, these, you know, international um, tournaments that they play in. These guys love it. I mean, they. how can you not? You get to travel. You get to play the game you love. You, you get to go to a different country, meet people from all over the world, battle against each other, uh, you know, and it, it's always on the field. It's intense and whatnot. But, you know, there's that, that bond that you hold, uh, at least uh, I speak of myself and I can imagine for many others that, you know, that bond that you hold between players that you're playing against. And it's just it's something special that you get to share with them. And, uh, you know, speaking with the, the Cuban players specifically that uh, have been on our team uh, uh uh, Frank Morion and, uh, and we've had, uh, Sierra and, uh a number of guys, um, uh, that have played with us that have done, you know, and played in this world baseball classic that, you know, they get to play against major leaguers and guys of all levels. So it's an opportunity for guys that may have not, you know, gotten a chance to play, uh, with or against major leaguers to do that and to see how they, to, they fare up. And same with the, the players out in ja- uh, Japan that are, you know, with a very, very big league there. Uh, they have their, uh, major leagues over there and, you know it, it's fascinating you know taiwan all these different places i think it's a fantastic thing and I, i'm very happy to see it uh, happening and growing and uh, you know gaining some traction so I, I you know hope something like this continues and continues to grow and get uh, you know the attention of people uh, all over the place because it's great for baseball uh, and it's great for the people that are participating in it
0: very quickly, uh, Luke, and I just want to thank you so much for, for your time. Uh, with everything uh, that is in place uh, right now, what potentially could be in place, you have the Inter-County Baseball League and other baseball programs that we didn't even talk of. Uh, the Blue Jays, uh, they are the boys of summer. And despite their current, uh, I guess, drop from uh, a couple years ago when they made the playoffs, there still is an appetite and a thirst for for big league ball what do you think uh what do you think the state of baseball is in in this country
1: i think it's in a pretty good state um, i mean obviously there's not the excitement that we had when the jays were winning um, and uh, that that's baseball i mean that's any sport you know you go through your ups and downs your growth periods and uh, and whatnot um, but i think in general i think it's in a pretty darn good state uh, again there's so much going on you know in the minor systems uh, i know that um, you know in our area there's you know, the IBL is going long strong. This, is, this will be its 102nd uh, season uh, coming up. Um, so uh, I know that baseball out west is doing well. I know that, you know, there's guys getting drafted all the time. So there's a lot of following in regards to ball. Um, and, again, if, you know, a team like Montreal comes back, I think that's only going to boost it. I know, also, I was just speaking with a, a person, a friend, who's uh, opened a baseball facility out in Newfoundland, which is one of the, uh, the first facilities, I believe, in, in that area on the rock and, uh, you know, he's doing some great things out there to get baseball in the East coast going. And I just think if anything, it has been growing and, I, and I'm, it's, it excites me to see it. And, you know, uh, obviously makes my heart happy to see ball doing well and growing and, you know, um, and again things like this news like the expos you know potentially making a comeback you know makes things exciting you know even if it's going to take the jays a few years to get back you know the, these are the little rumors and whispers of things happening and uh, i think are fantastic so yeah i think it's it's very healthy things are going in the right direction and i'm hoping it just continues that way
0: luke uh, I, once again i just can't i can't thank you enough for for your time uh uh, was really hoping to uh, organize an interview with you. I really wanted to uh, get a perspective of what uh, your experiences were like and really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Well, thank you, Randy. I appreciate you. I appreciate the questions, and I uh, appreciate talking about ball, the man. So uh, it was my pleasure.
0: His name is Luke Baker. He uh, had a great career in the uh, Inter-County uh, Baseball League and really want to thank him so much for his time. We'll be back right after this. Hey all Randy here, and as the weather gets warmer, I hope you will take the necessary precautions as we continue with life while dealing with the coronavirus pandemic. Look, I'm not a doctor, and believe me, I am craving the days where I could spend time with all of my family and friends. All I can hope is that you and yours are keeping well, maintaining a true sense of responsibility, and hopefully we can return to our normal way of life soon. Take care special thanks to luke baker and it was a real pleasure to not only meet him and interview him but we actually spent an afternoon on the links uh not too long ago and let me tell you he can really connect with the driver Uh, really looking forward to catching up with him one day soon and who knows maybe we could talk a little more baseball at a future date Uh, that's it for me hope you enjoyed today's episode i'm randy kure once again find me facebook and twitter at what's up podcast and we'll talk to you next time